Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, she's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today as well as, well, it's a mission. (laughs) It's a mission. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and today I want to read scripture for you during our prayer, the uh, Psalms 28, and a couple of verses there, and Psalms, the 23rd Psalm. For such a time as this. With God, all things are possible, for he is my strength. He is my courage. Blessed is the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices, and I give thanks to him with my song. The Lord is my strength. He is the strength of his people a stronghold of salvation for his anointed. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, we stand on your word and your promises. For you are always promises made and promises kept. But your people... We tend to stray, but like the good shepherd, you seek after us, and you are seeking after us today, your children, and you are seeking after America to come home. For such a time as this, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. For America to survive, we need the Lord, first of all. But for America to survive, you must know this one thing. It's not pretty, but you must know this. They, in quotes, despise the Constitution, and they, in quotes, despise you. You cannot devise a plan to overtake the corruption unless you first know where they are coming from. They take your money and tweet and brag as if they've done a great thing and a wonderful thing. Oh, there are some woke zombies who will go along and believe everything they are told. But not me. How about you? I call her shaky Amy Klobuchar. She tweeted out yesterday. Now, I'm not on Twitter very much. And Rudy, I think, is how I found this. He said, oh, my gosh, look what she just tweeted. (laughs) 
and I got a little um, excited over it, not in a good way. Amy tweeted this. We passed end-of-the-year legislation that includes a bipartisan update to the antiquated Electoral Count Act. I fought for these reforms to help protect our democracy and ensure the will of the voters prevails in presidential elections. First of all, I want to think, how does she know what the will of the voters is? Well, I couldn't take it, so I tweeted back. Of course, Amy, you should know that the United States of America was designed as a constitutional republic, not a democracy. This is an act of treason for which you are bragging. Congress convicted. I really should tweet more. Not that she was moved in any way. The establishment politics, politicians, the uniparty, hate the Constitution. Oh, and they have been looking for a way to destroy the Electoral College for a long, very long time. You know, each morning I wonder if I'm doing any good here. My saying when I leave the house is I have a nation to save. I've got a few friends that will text me, and that's what I usually tell them. I've got a nation to save. Now they tell me back, you've got a nation to save. I do, I do take this very seriously, and I'm not bragging about it at all, but it has been with great sacrifice, more than you'll ever know. But now I see so many in this situation in, the, in America suffering needlessly, all because of the Uniparty and their communist policies. That's the only way I can think to describe it. It isn't the republic. It isn't our Constitution they're protecting. They're breaking it every step of the way. So how do we fight? How does an independent talk show host make a difference? I don't have any big networks backing me. I'm not getting a salary. I haven't had one since I started this. We barely make it month to month, and we do that because of you and a few of the loyal advertisers that have stuck with me. But how do you and I make a difference? Like a fire, how can we be the ones that light a fire for liberty under the multitude of Americans who are just kind of stunned? They don't really understand what happened. Well, we just keep truthing. We got to keep telling the truth. But we also must stay optimistic. Don't let them rob you of your positive attitude and the way you love this nation. That doesn't mean you don't get riled up from time to time and maybe tweet shaky Amy Klobuchar. America is you. It is not them. Amy Klobuchar is a traitor to the United States of America, along with a lot of her colleagues. And they are D.C. occupiers. Occupying offices and cutting deals. They're cutting deals. And they're trying to make sure that January 6th never happens again, is what they said. We're going to get to that in a minute. But we've got to keep calling them out. Don't let them get away with saying this is a democracy. It is not a democracy. They're leading it as is. But it was established as a constitutional republic where 
the consent of the governed rule. Thomas Paine's Common Sense, The American Crisis, tells of the day when many then lacked hope. But George Washington used Paine's writings to encourage the troops. His writings are still here, you know. You could still read them. And we have writers today that will encourage. We have some that won't encourage you, but we have many that will encourage you. I pray that I'm in that category. I'm almost finished with my book. It's so close. I told Rudy yesterday, we can't let this sit and collect dust. We've got to bring it to a finish. It was brought to me for some reason, and we've got to do something with it. It will hopefully be encouraging, although it has a lot of opinionated information in it, along with Scripture. I didn't write it to be a heavy-handed writer or talk show host. I wrote it because I felt compelled. Today, I have three things to share and bring to your attention. Are you prepared? Apparently, Buffalo was not. The omnibus and Amy's unconstitutional bipartisan bragging. The Supreme Court in Title 42. Woke zombies. <laughs> Ruin all the fun. Are we ready for the split? Hey, who's to say it can't work this time? Be encouraged. Be optimistic. Stay tuned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Elmer Heinrich. My company sells a nutritional product called Immuno 150. If you haven't heard of it, you need to go to the website immuno150.com or call our toll-free number. Now, we sell to thousands of consumers, and our reorder rate is above 94%. Now, many people ask us how we can sell a month's supply of Immuno 150 for less than $50 when most of our competition is $70 to $80 a month. It's simple. We don't pay celebrities or testimonial people to say something good about the product. Immuno 150 stands on its own with 70 minerals and 80 other nutrients. It doesn't need any help, and it has more than color, taste, and smell. I am 88 years old, and my wife is 79, both with no dementia, arthritis, or allergies, and no aches or pains of any kind, nothing, all because of Immuno 150. Now, check the number of minerals in the product you take. Don't be surprised if you don't find more than 12. Order Immuno 150 to see what 70 minerals can do for you. Call our toll-free number, 888-316-2224. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. 
You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. And we have returned. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. Well, John Cleese, I guess he's a comedian. I'm not really familiar with him other than he uh, he was on the Mighty Python. I don't know if he was in that movie or or I'm not sure, the Holy Grail. <laughs> but he's a – I kind of liked what he did here. He's not woke. He's not one of the woke. So the comedians can't be woke. You know, that's just – it ruins all the fun. They can't be funny. Sometimes they're not funny anyway. But I guess he did his own impersonation of uh, Hitler one time in one of these Pony, Monty Python shows. And and uh, he was supposed to have a routine at Cambridge University. But he'd found out that they had uh, canceled another person who had done a Hitler impersonation. And so he canceled he canceled them instead of waiting for them to cancel him. And that's the way we should play this game, my friends. Because the woke, they ain't no fun. And they're not right on anything that I can think of. So instead of waiting for them to cancel us, let us cancel them. Stop booking with them. If you're out there in the entertainment world, they don't deserve you. They aren't good enough for you. So, when they stop having anybody but the, <laughs> the lame woke that aren't funny and, and are certainly not anything encouraging, maybe they'll, maybe they'll reconsider. All right, so I want to talk, because it's very important, about... Amy Klobuchar and this uh, this omnibus bill, which is traitorous in itself. $1.7 trillion more debt on the American people on their shoulders, and it does absolutely nothing for us. Nothing. Including this so-called bipartisan decision that they made on the Electoral College, and they sneaked it in there. They didn't read it. They didn't read any of it. Except maybe the little paragraph that gave them some perks. So this is actually a Fox News article, which doesn't surprise me. But let me share it with you. Lawmakers say ambiguity about the vice president's role in accounting of the electoral votes led to the January 6th insurrection. First of all, it wasn't an insurrection. And second of all, 
No, it didn't. So what they've done here with this is they've diminished the role of the vice president. Now, the vice president could never do anything really other than if these senators voted against it and called it out and said, we need to have a recount, he was the one who said, yes, we need to have a recount. He didn't object to anything. He, it was a, what'd you call it, a sustain? Where you, had to, you have to just wait it out. Go figure it out. What happened in these counties? What happened in these other states? What happened? But no, 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 no. They can't have that. So they increased the number of senators it will take to uh, recount. It says the vice president, Mike Pence. Now, the writer of this is Harris Alec, and he's from Fox News. Vice President Mike Pence took a different view, arguing that the electoral count stipulates only electoral college tallies. In other words, he's just there to go check, 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 check. Affirmed by the state governors can be certified. He just goes check, check. They're just going, yes, yes. So I guess it's kind of like, you know, when they have a convention, you know, they stand up there and the great state of Ohio votes, da, 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 da. But it says here, to his credit, which I think it is to his discredit and his disloyalty to the American people as well as to his president, Mike Pence understood that he got legal options leading up to it. You know, he had lawyers telling him what was to happen and not to happen. And despite all the pressure that he got, he stood firm and he understood what the role was. You just stand there and go, yes. Sir, yes, ma'am. Check, 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 check. Of course that's what our founding fathers wanted. Don't you dare question anything in America because we know what we're doing. No, we have corruption. And they don't know what, well, they do know what they're doing. They're taking this country away from you. So they snuck this into the omnibus bill. And guess who wrote it? Oh, my goodness, guess who wrote it? It was so bipartisan. It was the Democrat Senator Joe Manchin from Wyoming. I'm sorry, from West Virginia. And the great and wonderful Senator Susan Collins from Maine. Both hate the Constitution. Both hate the American people. She doesn't care about the people in Maine, and oh my goodness, he doesn't care about West Virginia. It's all a game, you see. But they want to make sure that January 6th never happens again. And now it will require at least one-fifth of the lawmakers, and I don't know what it was before, but one-fifth of the lawmakers from the House and the Senate are needed to force a vote on certifying state electoral votes. They're fixing it so you can't question it when they cheat the next time. They've wanted so badly to get rid of that electoral college. They want it to be a popular vote, just like it is for senator now. They did that back in 1903. I think I'm addressing that in something that I just wrote. Or maybe it was yesterday's monologue. <laughs> I get confused. I think it was 1913 anyway. But 
So now with the changing of the Amendment 17, with the Amendment 17 and changing how the senators are brought in, it's a popular vote, can be bought and paid for. So somebody from Arkansas could go up there to New York City. They got enough money and she can buy a senator seat and then become Secretary of State. And then run for president twice and lose. Or was it three times? Somebody from Utah can go to Michigan, I believe it was. I'm not sure. And become a governor. And then a senator. Back to Utah. And now he's a senator. I'm talking about stab you in the bat, Mick Romney. Congress convicted. Amy Klobuchar. We're not a democracy. Nancy Pelosi, it's not the temple of democracy. It is the people's house for which you have soiled and turned into a den of thieves. But it's been a den of thieves for many, many years. And the American people are going, what happened? And then we tend to throw up our arms and say, I can't do anything about it. But yes, you can. You stay determined. You stay optimistic. The pessimist is what they want you to be. They want you to be discouraged because they can control you more. Congress convicted. So the Supreme Court, the justices, they gave a scathing title, 42 dissent. And you know what? I don't totally disagree with them. It isn't up to the Supreme Court. They don't make the law. Congress does. And the executive branch, which would be Joe Biden or Obama or whoever's running this show, certainly isn't Jill. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Jill, excuse me. They're supposed to enforce the laws. They don't like the law, so they're not enforcing it. And they're causing an invasion in this nation. Next week, we're going to have Mike Cutler back on. We're going to talk about this invasion. And I don't know if Mike and I see eye to eye on some of this, but we're going to sift through it. But the Supreme Court, and we're heading into a break here shortly, they made some scathing remarks. The two justices argued for the Biden administration and Congress have failed to adequately address the immigration crisis that is likely coming after the Title 42 is vacated. But they wrote that it is not the Supreme Court's job to issue policies where elected leaders fail. And they're absolutely correct. But you see, we no longer have the separation of powers. And where there's no separation of powers, there is there is no liberty. There is tyranny against the people. You become the peasants. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We're going to talk about this a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about Buffalo, and then let's try and get some encouragement going. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We'll be right back.
And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. So just discussing a little bit about the Title 42 and the Supreme Court. Gorsuch wrote this. The only means left to mitigate the crisis, the state suggests, is an order from the court directing the federal government to continue its COVID-era Title 42 policies as long as possible, at the very least during the pendency of our review. For my part, I do not discount the state's concerns. Now, they had several state attorneys generals come. I'm not sure how to say that. Attorneys, there are several of them, and anyway, (laughs) from different states. And they have made this plea to the Supreme Court. But he goes on, he says, even the federal government acknowledges that the end of the Title 42 orders will likely have disruptive consequences. But the current border crisis is not a COVID crisis. And he's absolutely correct. And courts should not be in the business of perpetrating, I'm sorry, perpetuating administrative edicts designed for one emergency only because elected officials have failed to address a different emergency. We are a court of law, not policy makers of last resort. Now, the Supreme Court isn't there to make law. Congress makes law. The executive branch is supposed to. It is his job or her job, whoever is in there, to enforce the law. Now, let me make something very, very clear. And we'll have Mike say it next week. The immigration laws are not broken. They are not being enforced. If the laws on the books were being enforced, we wouldn't have this invasion at the border, COVID or no COVID. COVID had nothing to do with it, seriously. They used COVID to stop the invasion. They used Title 42 because they aren't doing their job. They wouldn't allow Trump to build the wall. They decided to start taking the wall down that was being built, and they're ignoring the crisis at the border. It is heart-jerking, heartbreaking to hear these ranchers down there talk about what's going on on their property. This government that hated Trump hates you, America. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. They don't like you. They'll use you. So you'll keep voting for them. But they don't care. They don't care if you live in rural America and you're a Democrat voting for them. They like that part. They don't care what your life is like. They don't care. And the open borders are there to destroy this country. That's the only reason they're doing it. That's the only reason they say they need to revise the immigration laws. I got so angry at the Democrat the other night when she said that that was last week. It isn't the law that's a problem. It's the ones not enforcing the laws. The laws are good. You know, it upsets me. Can you tell? It should upset you. 
We should be hounding these representatives. You think your calls don't work? You start making those every single day, and you get your neighbor to do the same and your family to do the same. You call them every single day. Maybe the Republican club in your country, in your county, maybe they can make a call every single day. How many are a part of that Republican club? Hmm. I'm supposed to speak at one in February. <laughs> they may not want me. Okay, let's move on just for a little bit. The problem in Buffalo, they had this horrible storm come in. Now, I'm fairly certain it just didn't happen like that. They knew ahead of time that this storm was a coming. And I feel bad for them. But at the same time, why weren't they ready? Are you prepared for a storm? I mean... It was Christmas even. You'd have think they'd have had the turkey in the freezer. You'd have think they had something going. A few extra cans of soup and some water to put in. I don't think they lost water, did they? But they lost. It says Western New York residents struggled to find food, medicine, and other essentials following this deadly blizzard that blanketed the area. 27 people have died in Erie County, which includes Buffalo where the largest supermarket chains have been closed since Friday. They can't receive food. How many times have we said if something happens and the truckers can't get to you, it only takes three days before that, that grocery store is out of food. And they've got people that are held up in hotels, I guess because it was Christmas. And the hotels are running out of money. They can't, I'm running out of food. They can't get them fed for three days. Now, I can understand why the hotel wasn't prepared, maybe. But you knew the storm was coming a week before it came. It's a once-in-a-lifetime storm, and it closed the roads, cut off electricity, forced the closure of many stores, including pharmacies. Now, I feel bad for them. I really do. I, I, but I'm thinking to myself, how long would I make it? Could I make it three weeks? Could I make it three months with what's on my shelf and in my freezer? I think I maybe can. Maybe. I may not like some of the food because it's so old it should have been tossed a long time ago, but it won't kill me. It's just going to have freezer burn. This is kind of maybe a story of the grasshoppers and the ants. Did we ignore this, this storm that was coming? I mean, they don't even have diapers for their children, disposable diapers. And if they don't have water, I guess they, they can't make their soup. I don't know. But there are provisions, there are things you can do to have your family ready for a storm. They I make fun of preppers, but maybe now they know and understand what preppers are for. It isn't about a takeover of the government necessarily. It is about things that happen in your community that will affect your family. I had a friend one time said, test your family for one weekend. No electricity that weekend. Can you make it? Can you make it with no electricity one weekend? You can't turn on the lights. You can't, oh, you can't turn on the stove. Unless it's gas. Can you do it with gas? <laughs> you have to make provisions if you have nothing. Can you make it? You know, I if you're not a camper, I suggest getting a camping stove, whether you're a camper or not. Get a few extra bottles of the gas. Do that. Have them ready. Lots of extra blankets in the house. 
and huddle up. Does everybody know where the extra candles are? You've got to stop and think about things. What are you going to need if you run out of fuel, if you run out of electricity, if you run out of food? What are you going to do? It's your responsibility to take care of your family, and you need to be prepared. And I'm not really scolding these people, but I think they knew a week ahead of time something should have been done. But that preparation shouldn't start just then. You should have started it a year ago. Just buy a few extra canned goods. Buy a few extra canned meats. Get them on the shelves. It's up to you, America, to take care of yourselves. Because those people in D.C. and in your capitals, they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. I want to be optimistic. I have two articles here I really want to share with you, and I'm running out of time. I'm going to read the optimistic part first, and then we're going to talk about the coming split. Now, this is written by the same man. Last week I wrote, I uh, shared with you his writing about Trump was a mistake. I loved that writing. I think everyone should have that writing because it tells history and what happened a long time ago in the 1900s similar to what happened now. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Have you heard about vine-to-bar chocolate? It's the winemaker's chocolate, the world's first chocolate made with well-vined Chardonnay Mark from the beautiful coastal vineyards of North America. Gently pressed grapes are harvested after juicing, dried, and finely milled and carefully blended into the finest dark chocolate. The Chardonnay Mark contains highly beneficial grape nutrients, flavanols, and has a natural sweetness that flavors the luscious dark chocolate. Mouth-watering, flavorful, delectable dark chocolate goodness with Chardonnay sweetness and beneficial nutrients. And it's alcohol-free, too. It's Vine to Bar chocolate. Order some today at vinetobar.com. That's V-I-N-E-T-O-B-A-R.com. Cold ship to your door, it's Vine to Bar. Vine to Bar chocolate. Visit us at vinetobar.com. Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future, agrees that America is blessed with an abundance of reliable energy sources. Our natural resources are the lifeblood of our nation and have made our nation prosperous. Rural America is the heart of production in this nation. Our food, manufacturing, trucking, and yes, our energy. Power the Future promotes jobs in rural America, specifically our energy jobs. These jobs are all under attack. Wealthy radicals like Tom Stiers and George Soros promise to break the nation's energy independence. Their beloved Green New Deal attacks all that is good in this nation. Our food, our land, our jobs, our families, and of course, our gassy cows. Power the Future is fighting for you, rural America. Join them. Visit PowerTheFuture.com. See the latest news and donate to those who are fighting for you. PowerTheFuture.com. Power the Future is fighting to keep America's lights on. 
Mike Lindell and MyPillow are offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, take advantage of Mike's buy one, get one free pricing on MyPillow's bed sheets, Giza Elegance MyPillows, six-piece towel set, and roll-and-go anywhere MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener specials page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bethann or call 1-800-978-6168. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. You will also receive Mike's book absolutely free with any purchase. Call 1-800-978-6168 or go to the radio listener special page at MyPillow.com. Promo code Bethann. Hey, Pack Rat. Yeah, you. Are you moving cross country and you just don't know who to call? Call us right now. Listen, you've probably seen one of our containers in your neighborhood. But did you know that we can help you move anywhere in the United States? It's real simple. We'll drop a container off at the location you tell us to bring it to. You pack up your valuable possessions at your leisure. They stay safe right in your home. And when you're ready, call us. We'll come and pick up the container and give you a scheduled date of when your furniture and the other possessions will be at your new home. So if you're moving across country or across town, be a pack rat. Join the pack rat family. Call pack rat right now for your free quote. See y'all later, pack rats. 800-761-3146. That's 800-761-3146. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. We are in the final segment of today's show. We are going to run out of time, but I really want to be encouraging to you. Um, we started out with Psalms 23 and Psalms 28, I, just a couple verses out of that. But the power of political, of political optimism. You know, you, you can choose how your, what your attitude is. He starts this out. This is by Edward Ring. There's a difference between optimism and being naive. In politics today, optimism offers conservatives an inexhaustible source of infectious power that can overcome and shatter the foundations of the establishment's <clears throat> fear-based version of populism. Indeed, it is naive to think any other approach has a chance. Optimism has insurrectionary an insurrectionary power because it contradicts everything the American establishment now trains voters to accept. From the Uniparty conformists and their corporate academic media allies who package and spread the messages to deep state agencies and plut plutocrats who decide on the messages, there is a common theme in their messages. Pessimism. And when pessimism impels us to believe in worst-case scenarios, panic follows right close behind it. He says, what else, might, what else would explain the every-rote proclamation that the world's coming to an end because of climate change 
And what else explains why millions of American children are coping with mental illness, suicidal thoughts, and hopelessness of their, for their future? He goes on with that, which is a little depressing. But he talks about the hurricanes and the floods. But he said it is merely the end of our planetary biosphere that has turned half of the nation into compliant defeatists. Along with the climate emergencies, we have health emergencies that even now find millions of Americans afraid to congregate, afraid to take off their masks, afraid to get a job or go to school. The current establishment of politics in America is rely on pessimism. It is their power. But he says the power of political optimism is that it rejects all of this. Burning fossil fuel is not going to immolate the biosphere. Forests are not disappearing. We can protect wildlife and wilderness while we're also remaining realistic about what sort of human footprint is necessary to power civilizations. Diseases and pandemics will strike. And with courage, we can balance the risk, protect the weak, preserve our freedom, and exercise reasonable precautions as we build herd immunity and move from pandemic to endemic. We can methodically develop vaccines and treatments, but don't need to compel people to take them. As for racism, only vestiges remain, as Americans have built the most inviting and inclusive culture in human history. That is optimism. It is powerful because it challenges the establishment narrative as its roots. It's 21st century America optimism is subversive. Flaunt it, he says. Deny the doomsday or doomsdays or their doomsayers, their moments. Reject the pessimistic essence of everything they're saying. Starting there, we have a chance. Then he goes on on different topics within that article. But the one that interested me as well this this morning, and I saw it last night as it popped in when I was looking at things on the computer. Dan Gellernter, I'm going to have to call this man and find out how to pronounce his name and get him on the air because he and I think alike, but he's much smarter than me. He says, the coming split. Now, he's the same one that wrote the article last week that I shared about Trump may being a mistake. Not a mistake of the people. It was a mistake of the establishment because they could not control him. And the same was with Teddy Roosevelt. Well, in this he goes on, and I thought this last week when he talked about Teddy Roosevelt. Well, isn't he the one that started all this, you know, saving the land and putting it aside and preserving it? And he talks about that in this. And he talks about uh, some other things. But he talks about the Republican Party of 1912 decided it would know better. And it would be better off electing... Renominating William Howard Taft, even though its voters would have preferred Roosevelt. So what are we going to do this time, my friends? We already saw McConnell refuse the wishes of the people in the primaries as he threw money to a different candidate than what they wanted. Or he removed money from their candidate. He says Trump was the first president since Ronald Reagan, and some argue even earlier than that who seemed to appreciate the dangers of unaccountable, unlimited, deep state government. 
And I'm willing to bet he'd appreciate those dangers even more his second term, having fallen victim to them himself in 2020 election. This man believes, as I do, the 2020 election was stolen. The Amy Klobuchar's of Congress, they know it was. That's why they have to make provisions in it. Hide them in an omnibus bill. They can't do it up front to the American people. No, 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 no. But they'll brag on Twitter. Call them out. Optimistically, call them out. Tell them, you are defeated. We will see to it. Because you are the consent of the governed. We didn't give them consent to do this omnibus bill. But they did it. Because they are the insurrectionists. Not those people that showed up on January 6th, except for the FBI and the CIA and the Antifa and the BLM then infiltrated the crowd and instigated a riot. They are guilty of murder. We're running out of time. But he goes on and explains how he reminded me of my late boss. If you vote for the lesser of two evils, you still get evil. So he says he doesn't expect um, Trump to run on a third party, but if he did, he'd vote for him. And I think, I hope we don't have to do that. Although I would love to crush the Republican and the Democrat parties. But maybe we should take the parties. Who's running the parties? Who owns those parties? They're constantly wanting money from you, aren't they? Who owns them? Where did McConnell get that money that he chose not to give to the choice of the peoples in their primaries? He says a lot of things in this. He says it a lot better than I can. But my thoughts are, if we allow them to remove President Donald J. Trump, we've lost. We've lost our our want for independence and liberty. And we must want a communist country. I love DeSantis. I think he's a great guy. I like Carrie Lake. So far, I love Christy Nome. But I'm going to tell you what, we need those governors where they are. Yeah, Carrie Lake might make a good VP with Donald Trump. I don't know. But it's time that America stood up optimistically and said, we're done. We're bringing America home. Thank you.